WCW enhancement talent, Randy Hogan, baby. Being in the ring with the Road Warriors, Vader, Abdul the Butcher, Midnight Express and all them guys. Let me tell you, it was dang rough. But not as rough as listening to Cyan Mags on that chain wrestling show, brother. What you gonna do when this pair of fools, Cyan Mags and chain wrestling, brother, runs wild on you? Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Why We Watch, the show for fans, bar fans, about fans, I am Mags and uh, today I've got, yeah, today's guest is uh, Simon Powell, um, is, um, yeah, he's, he's making a, a, a lot of waves in wrestling Twitter with uh, with his open-ended questions and, and getting people involved and like I said, he, he's, he also does uh, writing for a pro wrestling story, so hello Simon. Oh yeah. How are you? After yeah, that very good. Thank intro. you. No, no problem. No problem. No, I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's, it's great. Absolutely no problem. So, yeah, the basically the show's about about you, about why you became a fan of wrestling, about um, about what you like, what you don't like, and about how you kind of transitioned into to creating content. So, the first question I go with and then kind of roll with the punches is, what's your first memory or what's your first experience of of this wacky world of wrestling? Um, th- th- there's a couple that kind of blend together, I think, really. Um, the, my, I, I used to go over my nan's quite often uh, on a Saturday, um, and then a, twice an e- twice in the week in the evening as well. Um, and from what I'm told, my granddad would have the old world of sport on and so on when I was very little, um, and I used to sit and watch that with him. But that doesn't actually enter my memory itself. This is what this is what I've been told. Um, a year or two later, maybe a couple of years after that, maybe, um, I found my way upstairs, and my uncle had Sky TV in the little box bedroom at my nan's there, um, and he was getting ready to go out. He just not long got in from work. Gave me the remote. I was flicking through, um, and I, I I don't know if it was an episode of Challenge or Superstars or, but it was one of those, um, those sort of hour-long shows you used to get maybe on Sky One if if I remember correctly. Um, and and just sort of stumbling across this and, and watching it and thinking, well, okay, w- w- what's going on here? Um, I, I couldn't even tell you initially who was on screen. I imagine it'd be some some form of a squash match, knowing those programs. Um, but that's the sort of first real memories I have is being round my nan's house and stumbling across it in my uncle's bedroom on a little tiny, tiny screened portable with a, with a massive back on it and. My uncle just sort of saying, well, I'm going out now, you can have the telly, do what you want. And not actually seeing my nan very much at all, because I'd spend the time in his bedroom watch, watching wrestling. So um, from there, my auntie on my 
the, my dad's side of the family, the other side, um, completely at random, bought me a VHS tape of SummerSlam 89 for Christmas one year. She had no clue I was starting to get into wrestling. She had no clue I was starting to, to watch anything myself. Um, bought me this tape. It sat on the shelf for a little while. And then one, one day, it was raining. I was bored. I was stuck in the house. Just stuck this tape in, started watching. And, of course, it was The Ultimate Warrior and Rick Rude, um, Hogan, Savage, Crazy Zeus, um, and so on. And, and I think I played that tape at least once a day for as long as I could until it wore out. Um, and that, that, that's kind of my first real memories, my first sort of my first sort of introduction, I guess, when I was, when I was very little. Yeah, wow, that's a, an eerily similar story to to mine. I've I've said on the, on the show quite a few times. I I got my start in wrestling because of of my grand. She was the only person um, that we knew who had Sky, and I'd go to us uh, every weekend, and and we'd watch the same programs that you you on about. We'd watch Superstars, we'd watch uh, Wrestling Challenge, we'd watch All American Wrestling, all like in a kind of a block because they were on like Saturday and Sunday mornings. Um, so yeah, wow. What, See, I, I remember what? it being again. I'm, I'm trying. I was very, very young. I'm, 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 in my head, I've gone round roughly at tea time. Yeah, so they I may used have to be on it now, but then repeated. Okay. Uh, we we used to flip from like Sky Sports. I think it was on a, like eleven o'clock, and then you'd have two shows on Sky One, which would be like right. at twelve okay. and one o'clock. So yeah, we, um, very eerily similar kind of starts in wrestling. Yeah, my, my first. My first memory, I suppose, of watching wrestling more on uh, an earlier time in the day was when um, ITV used to show WCW Worldwide mm-hmm. on a Saturday afternoon. Um, and if if I wasn't um, at football, I'd sit and watch it. If I was out, my mum would uh, attempt to record it for me and sometimes record the wrong station and, and so on. <laughs> like these old VHS recorders used to work. Um my and uncle get songs of prayers. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, yes. <laughs> uh, my uncle would also tape the. You, you only had four pay per views back then. Um, it was before King of the Ring came along in '93 to make it five. Um, my uncle would tape um, the, the pay per views on a Sunday night for me because back back then he they weren't pay per view in this country as far as I can remember. I mean, I, I can't imagine he would have paid it pay for them for me. Um, but he did. He'd, he'd record them. And then I'd I'd be badgering my mum for days to go around and pick the cassette up, and so I could watch it. And but that that was kind of the only access I had. I mean, the, the Sky TV was literally just in my uncle's bedroom. They didn't have it downstairs. It was a separate separate thing. So if I was downstairs with my nan and with my granddad, bless him, he, he passed away now. But if I was downstairs with my nan and granddad, um, I'd have no access to it there really. I'd have to literally go upstairs and hope that my uncle was either out or going to allow me to have the television. So. <laughs> Yeah, I remember uh, back in, in those days, um, the signal used to be scrambled uh, for a lot of the pay-per-views, but, uh, but you could hear the audio and you could okay. hear what was going on, uh, but you'd see that, you'd just see that snow or that fuzz, but uh, you'd almost kind of like make out what was happening, like wh- whether it was the imagination or whether it was just a, a poorly scrambled signal, but you could kind of like almost see it in the snow of what was going on. Mm, well, I mean, I'm going to have to, I should have double-checked this before coming on, really. I'm going to have to speak to my mum, and maybe she gave me uncle some money to book it. I can't imagine that, that happening. But I, I can definitely remember um, getting these cassette tapes from my uncle, 
Um, I can also remember an occasion where I got a cassette tape and he hadn't recorded it. And the excitement of putting the tape in, you know, sitting down in my bag of crisps and my little carton of squash and pressing pressing play. And it was some other program I was expecting, well, I don't know, SummerSlam or something like that. Um, and bawling my eyes out and tantruming like a, like a little, like little petulant child. It was... <laughs> But again, this is this is many years ago, so maybe my memories are a little bit distorted. But that's how I remember it, anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. So uh, around that time, uh, when you was when you was first kind of getting interested, who were who were the wrestlers who, who you looked up to? Who were that your heroes of wrestling? Um, when I was very young, initially, you know, I, I, I suppose like many many other kids, uh, um, I was a massive Hogan fan. Um, I was a massive Warrior fan. Um, but again, I, I saw such little of it. Um, th- there was a, there was a video shop around the corner from from my house, and we could rent old old pay per view cassette tapes from there. The old Silver Vision, purple rimmed tapes. Um, so I sort of saw more of Hogan and Warrior and Savage and so on through those. Um, when I was watching it a little bit more regularly myself, um, I, I, I I very much a fan of Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, um, even when Michaels was you know, was the bad guy. Um, my mum, my mum famously says to me a while ago, um, you liked all the bad guys when you were little. I don't get it. Um, even back then I was, I was a fan of the heels, I guess. But, uh, yeah, when I was watching it a bit more regularly when I was younger, it was, Shawn Michaels was a big favorite of mine. I liked Brett as well. I liked Scott Hall when he came in as Razor Ramon, what that had been early 93, uh, maybe no before that early 92. Um, and he was a heel when he first came in then as well. So I don't know whether I had something about about the bad guys or I don't know. But I mean, I was I was ten or eleven around that time. So you, you thought I might have deviated more towards the good guys, but apparently not, according to my parents. So <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been a bad guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, when we think about wrestling, we think about like the the eras of wrestling. Like we had the the rock and. Uh, the rock and wrestling era, we've had the attitude era, ruthless wrestling era. When would you say was the the era that was the heart of your wrestling fandom? Um, I would probably say just after Hogan has kind of called it a day on one of the many occasions he did um, WrestleMania eight ish, mm-hmm. going through SummerSlam ninety two. Um, so you had uh brett going towards the main event picture um they were retrying things with the warrior and savage um the bulldog was quite prominent as well um but again my my access to it was was quite limited it wasn't until quite a few years later um probably heading more towards the attitude era itself that i could watch it on a more regular basis so that's kind of where where it probably peaked for me and, uh, Just because I have more access to it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, I've I've always I think the heart of my wrestling um, fandom, and and it's probably cliche. Now, what was the attitude here? It was the the Rock, Austin, uh, yeah. Triple H kind of era. It's where I felt most invested in wrestling. Uh, but has there ever been a time when? Um, when wrestling wasn't speaking to you, when you you felt kind of a disillusioned with it, and you 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 came away from wrestling um probably making the the previous question more difficult to answer um is the fact that that's probably never happened no um i i I kind of 
when I started getting more access to it, I just have always just kind of carried on. It's never really dropped off for me. Um, I mean, I suppose if if you're talking WWF or WWE television itself, um, now would be probably the closest I've come to to falling away altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm watching more wrestling elsewhere as opposed to just WWF. When, when I was younger, it literally was just the WWF. So, I mean, I've been... I'm not really... From getting into it at, at, at that time till now... I've not really had any sort of peaks and troughs, I suppose. It's been quite consistent with, with how much I watched and how much I was into it. Mm, so that perfectly transitions into then uh, what are you watching? What's, uh, what kind of uh, promotions are, are piquing your interest right now? Um, I, I enjoy New Japan. I enjoy a great deal of what I see on New Japan. Um, for me, a, a, a big part of wrestling is literally the, the, the in-ring product the actual wrestling itself um i appreciate with you know however million million hours of live television wwe has to produce it's not all going to cater to 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 a 39 year old man like myself um there's aspects of it that aren't for me um but i'm not massively into more gimmicky cartoony almost childlike storylines personally for me um so I, i like a lot of what i get from new japan because that is more in-ring based, I suppose. It sort of ticks more boxes for me. Um, I watch TNA here, or Impact as it's known now, I suppose, uh, here and there. I, I mean, that and MLW um, it is recorded on, on, on the box in the front room every week. It just, I sort of dip in and out, I suppose. Um, but primarily I watch um, AEW every week. And the main reason for that um, is 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 my youngest daughter, um, who's who's now ten. Um, she has always had an interest in wrestling, um, and, and in a way, it's quite sad because she uh, you could see that she wasn't getting what she wanted from WWE television. Um, there are bits of it she'd enjoy, bits of it she wouldn't. She'd stay up with me and try and watch the Rumble or Mania, um, and never to be fall asleep after watch it the next day and and so on. Um, but she's this year she she hasn't been interested at all. Um, but she'd start watching New Japan with me, and she she got massively into the likes of Kenny and Code, Cody and, and and the Bucks and so on, um, and Evil Sonada and Naito was one of her favourites as well. So when the few of those guys broke away and AEW started up, um, my my daughter was very much into that as opposed to anything else. So f- with that, I've got into that myself because I'm sat with her every week and. It's great being able to effectively come home from work on a Thursday, um, have her waiting for me to plug the little stick in the back of the TV and and, and start watching it on fight and so on. That that's the that's the company I watch the most of. Um, I enjoy it myself. It's not solely because because of my youngest. I mean, I lo- I love it myself, but that's the company I watch the most of at the moment. So, what about their their rivals NXT? Do you? Uh... Do you enjoy that that promotion? Uh, see, I think this comes down to maybe a bit of laziness on my part, or p- potentially not just having enough time. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I-, I watch all the takeovers, and I always absolutely love them. And my wife and I will sit there and we'll watch the takeover. We're genuinely excited when a takeover happens, and every time we watch a takeover, we turn to each other and go, "We should be watching NXT every week." And then the next takeover comes round, and we're sat there going. 
we should be watching this every week. And it seems to be a regular pattern that's gone on for every show. But I, I genuinely can't... I genuinely can't put my finger on the reason why we don't. <laughs> it, it's, it's so silly on our part, really. I and mean, I've watched... I've watched bits of it recently um, before obviously all, all the lockdown uh, happened and there's still audiences there and so on. Um, and again, I, I always, I always really enjoy it, but working and then, you know, four kids at home and so on. And um, AEW, we have time set aside for, probably because my youngest is massively interested too. I suppose NXT kind of falls to the side a little bit, but that's no, no fault of their own. Cause whenever I do watch it, but I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and, and and I think that's kind of like it, 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 it's it kind of speaks of how much content that we've got as wrestling fans that that we can do that we uh, we're from an era where you literally got what you what you were given, and if you didn't like it, you watched something else. You you didn't get involved in wrestling, but we've got so much content now uh, that we can watch from literally every corner of the world that we're we're almost kind of spoiled as wrestling fans. I mean, there's there's so many options. I mean, and it's it's great. I mean, it's again coming back coming back to my little girl. She was she wasn't getting what she wanted, I suppose, from WWE television. She would have literally fallen away and and, and not been a wrestling fan if it wasn't for AEW being an alternative, uh, or what well, New Japan initially. Um, but you, you look at that, and then you add um, SmackDown, Raw, NXT, NXT UK, uh, Impact. MLW. I mean, there's so many hours of weekly television available to people. I mean, even stuff like the NWA on on YouTube now, which I watch quite regularly as well. There's so much out there. It's a fantastic time for wrestling fans, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've recently got into a, a a couple of promotions who who I would have ordinarily never even heard of. There's a company called Synergy. They're based out of New Jersey, and then there's a company called uh, World of Unpredictable Wrestling. I think they're based in in New York, and if it wasn't for the likes of uh, of these streaming services, I'd, I would have never even heard of these uh, wrestling companies, and and they're the kind of wrestling that draws my attention, and, and it's and it's literally because of the same reasons why you were invested in New Japan. It's because of the the in ring work. Um, as I've aged as a wrestling fan, I've kind of changed my priorities. It used to be about storyline and over the top characters, and but now it's more about technical wrestling yeah totally i mean that's exactly the sort of thing i'm looking for that 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 sort of ticks the boxes i i want to be to be watching if that makes sense yeah absolutely and, and i think the issue with wwe is um especially from my point of view i don't know if, if you if you agree is that they throw so much mud at the wall to see what sticks they kind of they 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 almost not catering for one particular demographic. They just, they're trying to hit every demographic, and they they kind of failing in in all aspects of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. And there's there's so much time to fill, I suppose, um, but they don't seem to. I mean, again, I, I I'm I'm fast approaching forty. My daughter is ten. We couldn't be, I suppose, further away i suppose in age and potentially wrestling taste however neither of us are particularly interested at the moment i mean you'd think just literally on the, the rule of percentage there'd be something there for maybe one of us at least um with the amount of television they they produce um yeah no i, I agree with what you're saying there's so much so much they've got there that are not catering to anyone in particular i mean raw and smackdown you've got five hours of television every week 
not including any additional pay-per-views or anything like that. Now, in that five hours, I don't mind sitting through some content that I find silly or I find just downright rubbish or is not for me or whatever, because I appreciate that that's not aimed at me. But if there's an, uh, a, a section of the show afterwards that does appeal to me, then I can kind of understand why the previous one didn't, because they got so much airtime. They're catering for such a broad, wide audience. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem that they cater... There's so many, so much negativity around what they're doing at the moment, um, from what I read online and so on anyway. Um, it doesn't seem that they're catering for exactly what anybody wants. Never mind a small portion here and there, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, I totally agree, and um, I've not been a, a regular watcher of a of Raw SmackDown for a, for a long, long time. Um, I, what I tend to do is is kind of read read the results or, or find out on Twitter what has gone on, and kind of look for the the bits that I am interested in. Because being being a fellow Brit, you you understand that that the time. Uh, the time constraints is a massive factor, and I don't want to be yeah. sat there at, uh, at one a.m. in the morning watching maybe two and a half hours of something that I'm not really interested in, just to just to hope that that I'll get half an hour of stuff that I am interested in. It, it's easier to kind of look it up on on clips on YouTube or go back onto the network and kind of look for for that stuff like after the fact almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I probably suffered on with that sort of scenario longer than I should have. I mean, I'm a big sucker for, um, for surprises and shocks and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love the, the crowd pop when somebody turns up unexpectedly and as, as a lot of wrestling fans do. Um, I hate the idea of something like that happening and maybe I've not watched it live, but potentially I've recorded it overnight and I've, I've stayed off my phone till I get home from work and so on. Um, but it's got to a stage now where I don't even do that anymore. Um, it, it records every week, Raw and SmackDown. And again, I, I, very similar to yourself, I'll, I'll be on Twitter or I'll be online elsewhere, and I'll see what's happened, and I'll see if it's worth watching, or if there's one segment's worth watching, I'll kind of watch the rest of it on fast forward to see if anything pops up. But I've got to a stage where I'm, I'm kind of almost happy to miss the surprises as well now, because it's not worth suffering through the rest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially when when wrestling Twitter is is so quick to to tell you what's going on. Uh, oh yes. <laughs> a lot of the time, especially when you when you when you follow these accounts that kind of throw up the videos or throw up instant gifs of what's going on. A lot of the time, you don't even really need to to watch any of the show because you can catch all the main parts of it on wrestling Twitter. Yeah, I mean I, that's also I think a, a way that they kind of explain some of the the ratings going down or not being as good as they were in, uh, years ago or whatever and that you know you, you hear from WWE themselves people are watching our YouTube channel more now to see highlights of the show and, and so on so yeah I mean it's it's there it's there to give you access I suppose if you want it um mm-hmm. but it's very rare I I go back and it's very rare I go back and watch the shows I mean this time of year normally from effectively the rumble through to WrestleMania, this is like peak time, I suppose, for for wrestling fans, especially with this company. And I think maybe I've watched one episode of Raw this year, um, which is a real shame. It's it's a real shame. Yeah, and I I, I don't think the the kind of current world climate is helping because there's it just doesn't seem like 
WrestleMania season to me. It's um, I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm excited for this year's WrestleMania. Don't get me wrong, um, and I'm I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it because it's going to be almost like a, a more crisp production because it's they've had the chance to chance to uh, edit it down um, and and pre-record it. But yeah, it just it's it. I just don't seem to have that kind of excitement this year as compared to, to previous WrestleMania years. No, no, I, I, I totally agree. Um, my wife and I stay up for WrestleMania every year. I have done, was, you know, we've been together for well over a decade now. We, we, we've always done that. Um, my my kids have always tried. Some have fallen away. They're not really big wrestling fans anymore, but my youngest still does as well. So mainly it's the three of us. Um, I think this year is the first time in... Well, as long as I can remember that since me and the wife have been together, where we're not going to stop up to watch WrestleMania, we're just going to watch it on the network the next day. Um, yeah. yeah, and it, it's again, it's a shame, but it's like I don't see, I don't really see why I need, to, why I'm going to sit up till, I mean, it's supposed to be like three and a half hours each night, isn't it? I believe, or yeah. something in that, something in that region. Um, so if we're starting at one, I'm looking at quarter past half past four Saturday, quarter past half past four Sunday. I can just get up in the morning and watch it. It's you know, I can I'll stay off my phone. Um, but again, I think that sort of uh, hints towards my mindset at least towards towards the current product they're putting out, um, which is a shame because I think on on the other side of that coin, it's the roster itself. <clears throat> excuse me, the roster itself is probably in the strongest position it's been in in years. With, with some of the talent they have. In terms of in-ring ability, I, I, mm. I don't think there's even a case to argue. I think this is the most talent-rich uh, era that we've ever had in wrestling. It's just the apathy towards the product. Yeah, I, I think there's only so many suicide dives you can watch. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? There's only so many, so many times you can watch guys do certain things go through the ropes and then hear Michael Cole say, oh, we'll be back in a few minutes. It's so regimented. You can predict when... I'm picking the remote up to fast-forward past the adverts before before Cole has even said they're going to an advert. Yeah. Because it, it's so predictable, if, if that makes sense. It's so regimented, so the same formula each week. Um, I mean, there's a big thing for a while that... Raw always started with a Triple H promo for years and years and years. Um, obviously, we're not getting that anymore, but it's almost similar in other sections of the show. You can always break down what's going to happen in the first hour. You're going to break down what's going to happen in the second hour. You know when they're going to go to an ad break. You know when this is going to happen. You know when such and such is going to come out. And if it's... To me, if it's that predictable... I'm not expecting a, a big surprise every single week, but if it's that same formula on that regular basis it's like, well you do literally get to a stage of well i kind of seen this yeah exactly if you know what i mean it's and and then when you get uh storylines that you you are interested in and that, that kind of really do grab your attention they're over and done with in in four to five weeks because yeah they, they're rolling on to the next pay-per-view and they're rolling on to the next pay-per-view and and yeah there's there's no there's nothing really to grab out of. There's no kind of meat on the bone in terms of like long-term storylines anymore, which is kind of the wrestling that, that I know I certainly grew up on, where uh, storylines will go on sometimes 
a year, two years at the most. And and like you, I think that's one of the, the major reasons why I kind of gravitated over towards New Japan, uh, because you do get those kind of elongated storylines and that 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 mixed with the kind of in ring like technical skill it's it's as as a, a wrestling fan for me that's that's a match made in heaven yeah yeah totally i mean it's not that i don't think it's that they're not capable i mean they've got some very creative minds there obviously they've done it in the past um i, I can't see why why it's an issue now especially with what they have access to they've got a, such a massive talent pool in wwe you can stretch storylines out for as long as you like because you've got so many guys there to fill the airtime rather than you know shooting through something dead quick in a couple of weeks i mean new japan naito winning a title at wrestle kingdom um that that was building for for such a long time and that, that's fantastic yeah, it's that like cool. a three-year storyline yeah exactly i mean uh, I, i'm not expecting an American, an American company, a WWE or whoever, to to do a three year storyline. But I mean, one that goes over a few months would be nice. Maybe not just you know, not just a, not just three weeks. I mean, it seems the only lengthy storyline we've seen for a little while involved Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns, and it got to a stage where if I ever see those two wrestle each other again, <laughs> I, I might launch my television across the room. It's you know, it's, <laughs> you know. I, I, I think the issue there is. Uh, the, the kind of way that the storylines with WWE are, are, are shown, they're forced into your face. They, they, they're almost like they treat an audience as if they don't remember what went on last week and there's mm. no kind of... Um, no kind of subtlety or no kind of like nuance about about how they they portray the storylines. It's it's in your face and it's reminder. Even over one row, you might get reminded about the same storyline time and time again, like as if you're a goldfish and you forgot what's gone on at the, in the previous segment. And I think that for me is it's it's jarring and it kind of takes you out away from what they're trying to tell you. Yeah, totally. I mean, just replay, 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 isn't it? It's- but again, I suppose they've got so many hours to fill. Perhaps that's what, that's what they can do. I don't know. But, I mean, it, it, it's saying... Uh, effectively, all I've done is, is moan about WWE, I guess. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not some big AEW fan who hates WWE or anything like that. That's not my mindset whatsoever. I just want it to be as good as it can be. It's, it's, mm-hmm. Whether people like it or not, it's, it's still the biggest wrestling company in the world. It's got the potential to be an incredible form of entertainment for everybody and again I come back to my children I want to be able to sit there and watch Wrestlemania with my 10 year old being silly excited with her, her bag of sweets and whatnot, and staying up later with her dad and so on yeah. if they're not producing a product to make my little girl want to sit up with her dad or even make me want to sit up this year as, as I mentioned previous then that 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 bothers me. I think well, there's no reason why I can't see. I, can't, I genuinely can't see why not. They've got they've got all the tools there. I, I just can't see why they can't seem to to get it right. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, let's let's turn it into a little bit of a positive now. Um, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is your your favourite match in all the wrestling that you've ever watched? What's what's your one standout match? The kind of match that you could show um, a, a non-wrestling fan um, 
and and be be excited and kind of like show them what you love about wrestling. Oh my goodness! Um, one match. Why? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Strief. Um, I would probably. It kind of goes against what I've said previously. Really, I'm all about sort of in ring, uh, in ring quality and the actual match itself. But if I was to sit non wrestling fans down and show them something, I would probably go with the Ric Flair Shawn Michaels WrestleMania match. Um, and a great deal of that. Don't get me wrong; it, it, it was a great match to watch in ring. It, it was it was it was excellent. But the storyline and the build up to that. Um, with the whole Ric Flair's age getting to the point where he's going to retire and he wants the best Shawn Michaels at main and, and so on. I mean, everyone's familiar with it. Um, that storyline to me made the match what it was. So I think I'd have to, if, if I was to show someone a, a non wrestling fan to me, I'd probably go with something along those lines. Um, the only other option that pots in my head would probably be, one of Flair Steamboat from from eighty nine, that would be, yeah. I I just I I keep coming back to those matches time and time and time again. Um, the Okada Omega matches were absolutely fantastic, and people were putting those up to Flair Steamboat online and so on. And yes, I enjoy both, but I always still go back to Steamboat and Flair. So I, I think probably Flair Michaels would be the one, just just because of the story behind it, yeah. and then obviously the. Uh, I'm sorry, I love you. Moment at the end that gets everyone right in the feels, doesn't it? So <laughs> it doesn't. Does. And, and we spoke about it on on Badlands uh, uh, when we were recording earlier. That for me, uh, for a, for the longest time, was was the match I would point out to people and say, "This is what I love about wrestling." Uh, but I've actually gone the other way, and you've kind of alluded to to the the one that I'm going to pick. Uh, and it's for me, it's a Carter versus Omega Four. Um, oh, okay. The one from Dominion, um, and I know it got a, a stupid amount of star ratings, and I don't tend to buy into that kind of um, rating system. Uh, what I what I tend to do with with Dave Meltzer's ratings is, if he says it's a high rated match, five, six, seven stars, whatever, it's going to be a decent match. I might not think it's exactly the perfect match, but he's got a kind of a good. Uh, judge of, of, of a wrestling match whether yeah. I, I, yeah. I typically agree with the exact rating but for that match and I've watched it a dozen times at least and it for me it's the closest that I would think of being a perfect wrestling match uh, in terms of in ring in terms of telling a story in the ring um, yeah I just I can watch that match every single day without fail and just be enamoured with it Ah, see, I'm gonna have to rewatch it tonight, now. <laughs> <laughs> I it's think just... maybe I, I, I lean towards Steamboat Flair a little bit in that because I've seen it so many times. Um, yeah, it, I've not watched that... Omega Okada matches back. Um, well, I've probably watched them all back once tops, um, but I don't. That, that doesn't mean to say that I don't appreciate them. I think they're fantastic. They're, they're some of the best matches I've ever seen. But I think it's the familiarity of how long I've had access to the Flair Steamboat matches that made me sort of lean towards that, if that makes sense. Yeah, and and for me, that's what makes wrestling so subjective. There's no correct answer. There's no wrong answer. It's what 
it's what you as a person have emotionally connected with and and that for me uh i was that that new japan era kind of brought me out of my wrestling funk and i was heavily invested in in that kind of storyline uh and just the same as you were heavily invested in in the um flair and steamboat storyline it's 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 there's no that kind of definitive uh this is the greatest match of all time it's it's how you see it and through your eyes and through your emotions yeah i mean and the thing as well is it's the same as you know greatest match of all time my favorite wrestler of all time and so on um if i give you a different answer every day um mm-hmm. i i you know my, my two main favorites are flair and michaels those are the two that have always stood out to me ever since i was i was younger and i still watched and watched matches of theirs now um it changes who comes out on top to, on what day you ask me yeah. you know it's, <laughs> it's and it's the same with match choices it's you know um, there's there are certain occasions where I, I might dig something random out from an old ECW pay per view, and I think, oh, this is one of the best things I've ever seen, and then I might not think about it again because I've seen something else. <laughs> yeah, and that and that's the joy of wrestling—the fact that you can pull from all these different companies and and enjoy something from them. Yeah, definitely. Um, so um, I've, I've said in the intro how you um, you you you've kind of started making waves on wrestling Twitter. And even though you've been, I think you've been on Twitter, what, about nine years or something like that. Um, you, it seems that you've recently kind of like really embraced wrestling uh, Twitter. You've started to, to do these open-ended questions and, and really kind of getting a lot of, uh, a lot of feedback and a lot of uh, interaction. Um, what are your thoughts on, on the whole of wrestling Twitter, uh, especially being an AEW fan and and I would assume that you uh, are aware of this kind of Wednesday night war for the Americans or Thursday night uh, tussle for us here in in Britain. Uh, what are your thoughts on the whole um, that wrestling sphere uh, in Twitter? Um, I'm probably a bit of an odd one to ask, really, because I hear so much about this this some aspects of wrestling Twitter being toxic is a word I've seen banded around. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you see you know, people potentially arguing and and then the next thing you know, someone's account's been suspended and all this sort of stuff. Um, but I've never experienced any of that myself. I've never I've never really had any arguments with anyone. I've never really had any even strong disagreements, I suppose. I've, I think I've been incredibly, incredibly lucky in that the people I interact with on there are also, well, they're also pleasant. Um, don't get me wrong. I fully expect that to change at some stage. Um, I, I think maybe maybe the negatives that I hear so much about are, are storms waiting to come around the corner. I don't know, but uh, I've not I've not really experienced much negativity or any negativity myself to to sort of be down on wrestling Twitter at all. Really, yeah. I mean, for 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 this for the sake of doing podcasts, it's, it, Twitter's almost an, an uh, essential tool. Um, yes, of course, yes. So um, I do see a lot of of uh, the negativity. I do see a lot of the backbiting, a lot of the uh, kind of mass attack of uh, of. Uh, people who don't necessarily agree with with someone's opinion uh it, and I've, I've seen that toxic area, area of it but i've also seen the absolutely amazing uh side where uh 
like just recently we've had we've had like these issues with coronavirus and a lot of wrestling companies are kind of struggling and a lot of wrestlers struggling and we and I've seen the like the community come together to to kind of help each other and um, basically make sure that these wrestlers can still feed the families and make sure that these companies don't go under. So there is definitely that kind of two sides to it. And I suppose it, it's it's a, a reflection of your outlook uh, on wrestling. If you are kind of down on it and you, you're feeling toxic, you can kind of see the toxicity. But then if you're kind of upbeat and kind of like uh, the glass is half full kind of person, you're going to see more of the positivity, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I try and be as positive as I can. Um, and with with regards to sort of being negative about it, I suppose I've been fairly negative about WWE so far in our, in our chat now. But then I don't really watch it at the moment. So perhaps I'm cutting that out. I, I, I don't know. And I, you say two sides to, to wrestling Twitter. I've really only experienced the positive so far. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I mean, I, I hope you don't have to experience the the, the negative side. And, and recently, it's kind of um, started to die down a little bit. I think with uh, this kind of pandemic that's going on, uh, we are pulling together as a community. Uh, and we're kind of realising that these are, some of these arguments are fairly trivial. Um, not liking a certain wrestler and, and kind of having an argument about it, it kind of pales in comparison to the fact that people are dying of of, of yeah, COVID-19, exactly. you know what I mean? So it's kind of putting it into context a little bit. Yeah, totally, yeah, totally. I mean, I, 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 I'm also, maybe also I'm a bit naive to certain things. Perhaps there is a bit more negativity and I just don't pick up on it. I don't know, down to my own naivety. I mean, I'm not massively technically minded. I, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm on, I'm on, I've been on, like I said, I've been on Twitter for quite a few years set it up didn't get on with it never used it it's only been it's only been in the last probably 12 to 18 months that i've started using it again got to this this stage i'm at now where i'm sort of comfortable on there um but yeah i mean maybe there is stuff going on that i'm just oblivious to in in my own naivety i I don't know perhaps that's that's the case (laughs) as uh, i'd keep that naivety going as as long as you can then because um if you're having fun on wrestling Twitter and you and you're seeing the kind of positive side of it, more power to you, absolutely more power to you. And uh, I talk with a lot of my uh, wrestling Twitter friends, and we have like a, I I don't want to say a clip, but we have kind of like a a, a core group of support where we're always kind of like uh, helping each other and, and and building up like that kind of positivity. So yeah, more power right. to you if if that's the that's the side of Twitter you're seeing. That's brilliant. Um, Let's get on to let's get on to your content. Um, like like um, I mentioned, you uh, you do writing for ProWrestlingStories.com. Um, when did you kind of like move from being just a fan of wrestling to to kind of wanting to to create content about wrestling to start writing uh, your kind of thoughts and opinions about it? Um, uh, a lot of this will be down to my wife. Um, I've always spoken about wrestling a great deal. I mean, if, if you if you ask people around me, especially my wife, probably far too much to be fair. Um, and it, it got to a stage where my wife was saying, "Why don't I just write some of this down? Why don't I, you know, even if I don't do anything with it, why don't I write some of this down?" You know, she's, she's always said I'm quite good with words. Perhaps I could, uh, you know, d- do something with that. Um, from there, uh, I think it was last 
August, September time maybe. Um, I started toying around with a few ideas, jotting a few things down here and there. Um, again, very much with with my wife's encouragement because I'll, I'll be I'll be honest, I'm I'm, I'm quite lazy. Um, <laughs> I, I, I need I need to kick up the backside and the motivation sometimes to get the laptop out and and start doing these things. But when I start doing them, I I, I really enjoy it. Um, then I I I've actually contacted a uh, a site online who were saying they wanted they, they were looking out for writers. Um, and this was uh, Cultured Vultures. I don't know if you're aware oh, of them, yeah. but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they got back and said, "Okay, send us a piece in. We'll have a look." Um, I did an article on. Um, they they're a site that seems to quite enjoy, or their readers quite enjoy um, uh, countdown pieces or charts, if that makes if if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. So this was very much a a top five article for them, um, and I covered what was, in my opinion the top five Ricky Steamboat matches that don't include Ric Flair was, was the, the working title of, of, of what I was writing. Um, sends it off, they liked it, put it up, and it, it did quite well. I got quite a bit of feedback, and that's when the whole Twitter thing started to uh, uh, take off a little bit more for me, I suppose, because I actually had something there to discuss with people. Um, from there, of course, I got a bit of a buzz because people are telling me that, you know, what I've written is okay. I should keep it up. I, I went on and wrote another article um, that I, I, I quite enjoy writing sort of longer pieces that are more historically based, whereas maybe that doesn't always fit with what culture vultures were, were wanting. Mm-hmm. So I was speaking with other sites and so on, um, and this, this, this one gentleman um who who ran a site contacted me and said he's just read the ricky steamboat piece would i be interested in doing something for him um i wrote an article for him and then within two or three weeks he was very difficult to get hold of was messing me around a great deal um i had three or four other ideas i wanted to to get up on the site and so on um and then it, it, was, it was all very odd um he basically then disappeared off the face of the earth um so on this note uh, only the second thing i've actually got up online it, it, it kind of set me back a little bit i was very much a case of oh, i ain't sure i want to be doing this anymore that seems like a lot of work for nothing that guy's messed me around it, it did it did affect me quite a bit but again uh, my wife sort of said don't let this one person ruin this for you um i was sat there one night uh not gonna lie i was maybe a little bit intoxicated I'd, I'd emptied a couple of cans <laughs> potentially um and i was i've, I've always kind of I've, I've always read stories on pro wrestling stories.com um and i saw the contact us tab at the bottom and i was like well okay it, it is blatantly down to my wife motivating me and the amount of dutch courage i had in me at the time i, I fired them an email and said hey here's a link to something i've written before let me know if it's any good um they got back to me, and from there, I've I kind of started writing for them. So, uh, and that's where most of my well, all of my articles at the moment go to, and uh, and they've been absolutely fantastic. I'm I'm really glad that the bad experience I had didn't deter me altogether, because yeah. that they've been great. I mean, they've given me effectively freedom to write about whatever I like, um, various different topics and and so on that I can cover. Um, they always seem very happy with, with what I provide them. 
Um, so I mean that's that that's where where I'm up to up to now. Really, it's uh, it, it's a great it's a great thing to be writing for them. I can't thank the JP and the site themselves. I can't I can't thank them enough. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's good that uh, that your your wife was was such kind um, like a, a motivator for you uh, because, like I said, it's it's easy to get um, browbeaten. And it's easy to like, like take that knock back and think, yeah, I'm not going to do it anymore. So it, it's it's really good that she's kind of like motivated you to keep going. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's 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 nice as well, I suppose. It's nice as well, I suppose, being proved right, if that makes sense. I don't want to say mm-hmm. you know arrogant or anything like that, but the one piece that I I, I put forward to a particular site, um, they decided they didn't want it. For whatever reason, and some of the comments and the emails back were a little bit, um, well, a little bit rude or a little bit silly, shall we say? Um, mm-hmm. That article eventually has gone up. I won't tell you which one it is, but it's eventually gone up on pro wrestling stories and has done very, very well. Um, and that that one site not wanting that article, and then the second site messing me around um, with the article I provided with them. That would have been enough for me to stop altogether. Yeah, and I would have been. I was very much very new to. I mean, I'm still very new to this now. I still see myself as being very inexperienced. But I was very new to this then, to the point where I'd only done it for a couple of months, and I, I was quite nervous about a lot of it. Um, and that would have been enough for me, literally, just to knock it all on the head. But it's good that you uh, you've had that vindication that that just because one person or one site didn't uh, didn't like what you'd put. Um, that someone else has, and you found that kind of audience, um, and it, it's you've also kind of found a groove, a, uh, a kind of a, um, almost a, like a formula to your art, and you you do a lot of uh, kind of pieces on certain wrestlers. You kind of focus on on certain wrestlers and certain like aspects of their wrestling career. Um, talk us through um, the kind of. The way that you 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 come up with uh with your articles that from the idea to the the kind of research to the kind of the finished article almost. Oh well, I mean, anything can sort of start off an idea, I suppose. Um, a lot of the time, I'll I'll be halfway through working on a particular article and have two or three ideas whilst I'm working on that one. And that can sometimes be a bit frustrating because it almost makes me not want to finish what I'm working on because I want to get on with the with the new ideas. Yeah. Um, but uh, I started off mainly writing about stuff that I, I loved myself. I mean, one of the first articles that went up on Pro Wrestling Stories um, was a piece on the Dangerous Alliance from early 90s WCW. Um, I, I loved that faction, that group. Um, they were involved in so many great, very short-lived group, but they were involved with so many uh, great storylines, great matches. I mean, war games in '92 and so on. Um, that was the first piece I put forward to Pro Wrestling Stories because I had confidence in working on that because I loved it myself. Yeah, and I could really sort of, you know, I don't want to sound too cheesy, but I suppose passion project is a term that you might might deem there i suppose but uh absolutely not cheesy if anything's gonna um impress this new site who are willing to sort of have a look at what i'm doing then i want it to be something along those lines um from there it kind of inspired me with the next piece that i wanted to do 
and of eight Rick Rude, and it it kind of rumbled on from there. But I mean, I, I can I can pick up a magazine and uh, see a picture of a wrestler and sort of you know start thinking, oh well, uh, you know, in, in 2003 this happened and and so on, and uh, it kind of sort of snowballs from there. I mean, um, one of the latest ones I've just done is about um, Kevin Nash when he was uh, the Diesel character in the WWF. Um, that started purely because uh, my wife and her best friend were talking about the movie Magic Mike. <laughs> now, Kevin Nash is in that film. Yes. My wife's my wife's friend did not realise Kevin Nash was a wrestler. Um, that conversation took place on the phone with me in earshot, and then by the end of the day, I'd rewatched a load of stuff on the network, made my notes, done my research, and and, and wrote wrote the article out. So even just a throwaway comment by my wife's friend um, in a conversation with my wife sort of started off the idea from there, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned about about it being a passion project. And I think what what comes through with your writing the most for me is that you are writing about stuff that you are passionate about. Um, a lot of times uh, people who create content, um, you can tell when they they kind of just throwing facts or or statistics at you that they 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 kind of not invested in what they they're putting out and with your writing you can tell that you are invested and you can tell that that these topics meant something to you yeah totally i mean i I, i'm kind of conscious of that quite a bit with regards to throwing just listing facts and so on um i read a book a long long time ago called i think it was called soul crew and it was about um uh a cardiff city football club's sort of hooligan element um and i thought this is going to be quite interesting because the way it was written was over two decades and two different age groups and so on but the first half of the book the, the book was just a guy throwing in numbers of how many fans they had at certain events mm-hmm. and it just it just bored me because it was just listing numbers i was just like you know there's no there's no there's nothing there to explain anything further than we had 2000 fans at such and such. Um, and I think that kind of maybe on some level stuck with me. Um, I, I try very hard to not just list title wins and dates and, and so on. Because I mean, one aspect of when I started doing this that I also had in the back of my mind, doesn't apply as much now, but when I first started, it really stuck, stuck in my head was, I can write something for, for, for myself. I can write something that maybe my wife or certain friends of mine would, would understand with certain terms used and, and so on. Um, but I want my mum and dad to be able to read it. I'd like my, my younger sister to be able to read it. Um, so if you use too many, I, I suppose, uh, insider terms, I suppose, want a better, 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 better term, um, or... You're just citing off dates and crowd attendances and how long a title reign was here and there. I know that I would lose my mum and dad and my sister from reading those articles very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't want that. I want them to... Uh, ultimately, it's, I want to impress my family. I want to be able to show my mum and dad stuff and go, look, look what I've done. You yeah, know, uh, I, You know, so, that, so it's quite important to me that I make it easy for them to be able to read as non-wrestling fans, as well as people like certain friends of mine, like other family members of mine, who are wrestling fans, if, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, absolutely. You you want to captivate your audience. You want your audience to, to kind of go on that journey with you without kind of uh, baffling them with, with kayfabe terms. Yeah, yes, exactly, yes. Well, I mean, I've, the, first, I've, oh, the, the first time I had to use the term heel in, in an article, uh, honestly, that I don't know how long I was debating using it for. And it's just one word. <laughs> After a little while, I was like, this is so silly. It's just one word. Just do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can understand the 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 reasoning behind it though, because like you said, you want to take these people on a on a journey and they might not ordinarily know what a heel is. So that kind of can confuse them and, and take them out of the, the journey that you wanted to go on. Yeah, I mean like the majority of people who are gonna read it are gonna be wrestling fans. They're gonna see the title click on it and that's what's kind of the audience you're you're mainly getting, isn't it, I suppose, because it is it is a wrestling thing, but I always have that in the back of my head of non-wrestling fans reading it as well. But that kind of sort of influences me a little bit with some of the language and terms I use, I suppose. Yeah, well, I'm 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 glad that you didn't take that uh, not back and and um, like kind of let this this fall by the wayside because I think you're extremely talented, and like I've said time and again. You are more talented with words than I can explain in words. It's just <laughs> that that simple. Well, uh, thank you, thank you very much. You're very kind. Absolutely not a problem. Uh, what I like to do after the 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 interview, the question and, and answer segment, is I like to do a little bit of word association to kind of differentiate myself from uh, many of the other kind of like chat podcasts out there. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw some some words or phrases from uh, the wacky world of professional wrestling at you. And now uh, you just said the first things that, that come to your mind. Uh, if it's just a word or uh, you want to go on a bit of a diatribe, by all means. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I, I talk a great deal. You don't encourage it too much. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go with the simple one first. Uh, the easy owner. What are your thoughts on Vince McMahon? Um, probably one of easily one of the most important figures the business has ever seen but maybe we're getting to a stage now where he either needs to step aside or at least take a lot more advice from elsewhere Mm -hmm. um but i think negativity towards him sometimes is a little bit harsh because you look at the guy's track record you can't you can't really fault what he's done in the past can you it's it's absolutely fantastic yeah absolutely we wouldn't be we wouldn't have this wrestling world that we have now if it wasn't for 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 his kind of vision of that back when he was he was like taking over ter- territories back then he had this like singular vision of of wrestling being on prime time TV and that the world will be able to watch it rather than say a, a small territory in 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 New York or a small territory in uh, Texas. He wanted to yeah. bring the the world of wrestling together as one, and yeah, you can't. How he went about it maybe was a little bit unscrupulous, but uh, <laughs> you can't fault fault that kind of ambition. And and is is now the head of the the biggest wrestling company in the world. Yeah, definitely. Um, so next we'll go with uh, his potential heir apparent. Um, what are your your thoughts on Triple H? Oh, um, very, very good at what he does with NXT. Um, I also think a very good businessman. You look at how he worked to keep himself on top 
for such a long period if certain stories are to be are to be believed. Um, <laughs> but I also think he was better in the ring on occasions than people give him credit for. To be fair. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, for me, in terms of his wrestling career, I don't think I can ever point to one era where I, I can say he was the man. He was always mm. kind of one of a, a group of people who were at the top. And he, uh, I was discussing it on another podcast recently that uh, if you actually look at his career in wrestling, he is he's actually clawed his way from from the bottom he started uh, at like the european championship level and then clawed his way to the intercontinental and then the world title where you don't see a lot of that now you you tend to see people go straight to that world title status on on just like name value alone and yeah. it's, it's interesting to see how far up that ladder he's actually climbed to where he's potentially going to be the the head of the biggest company in the world yeah, totally. I and mean, also, I suppose, you look at something like the curtain call, he's been clawing his way up, and he's had that setback as well. Exactly. So, you know, it's it's another, I suppose, it's, it's testament to how, how, how well he's done, I guess. I mean, come a long way since the days of terror rising, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And Jean-Paul, was it Jean-Paul Levesque as well? Ah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so next, we'll go with... Uh, the new kids on the block, the the leader of AEW, will go with what are, what are your thoughts on Cody Rhodes? Um, I, I think Cody's great. I, I think he's the closest you've currently got to a proper um, a proper squeaky clean babyface character at the moment that the fans genuinely invest in, um, which is kind of ironic, really, when you think McMahon's been looking for something like that for so many years. Um I think the guy's great. I, and again, I'm heavily influenced by the people around me. My daughter thinks the guy is wonderful. Um, <laughs> so that I, I, I'd be in big trouble with her if I said anything different. So <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, for me, in terms of, of a wrestler, I was never really invested in him uh, in yeah. WWE. Um, and even when he kind of left WWE and went off onto Ring of Honor and, and New Japan, I still didn't quite connect with him. Uh, and I can't really explain why, but but since he's been in AEW and he's been like kind of this um, voice of the people, mm. it's it's is it's almost he's like he's there with me. Maybe it's a case of him trying to almost step out of his of his dad's shadow because that is a massive shadow to be under. The fact that uh, his dad was Dusty Rhodes and he was this just just this large and laugh figure, and I think a lot of the time he's. Maybe he hasn't known what he wants to be apart from the son of Dusty Rhodes. And I think now with AEW, he's kind of got that. He knows who he is. He's not just Dusty Rhodes' son anymore. He's, he's Cody. He's Cody Rhodes. He's, he's his own man, if you understand what I mean. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it, there's so many cases, aren't there, of, of um, the father of the son trying to live up to the name, I suppose. Mm-hmm. in wrestling and there's very very few and far between that do it and that's quite a well like you said quite a shadow to live in isn't it with that Rhodes name so yeah no I, I agree it, it does seem to be more of more confident of, of, of what he's doing himself than he was elsewhere as you say so no I, I totally agree yeah and I think even like at the beginning of AEW um, there was almost like I want to say like an inner conflict with him. He wanted to be the the kind of heel of the company, but he was being 
absolutely beloved by the fans because he was providing yes. this this wrestling alternative, and he and he was almost like battling against the tide almost. And I think it's only recently he's, he's kind of realised that he is is literally the biggest face in in the whole of wrestling. And mm. uh, he's kind of embracing that now rather than trying to be a character and also like a, a boss. Yeah, yeah, totally. So next, uh, let's get your opinions on tag team wrestling. I love tag team wrestling and I think it's a real shame that we don't see it utilised more or perhaps utilised better in WWE. Um, I think the tag wrestling on offer in AEW is sometimes a little uh, a little too flippy for my tastes, maybe. But at least they're putting a division together. Um, I, I think tag team wrestling has got a huge, huge part to play and should be viewed that way. It, it should be utilised by, by these companies. Yeah, I agree. Um, for For me... Tag team wrestling is my wheelhouse. Um, my boys were always Legion of Doom. Um, and I, I've always seen tag team wrestling as, as a, the best way to tell a story in a ring. Even if there's no kind of backstory to the match, you can always have like the the heels absolutely decimating one of the faces and then uh, you get that hot tag and, and you've got yeah. a crowd erupting. And you don't need a kind of backstory to it sometimes. You just need that kind of... Um, emotion and yeah, I think tag teams, the tag team wrestling is one of the best ways to to kind of get that over. And yeah, it's a shame that that with WWE being the biggest company in the world, they've kind of like brushed it under the carpet. But that for me is why why AEW are, are so successful because they they've made this big focus on on tag team wrestling. Yeah, I also it. I, I don't know if I've actually read this somewhere, if I've, I'm just sort of seeing stuff on TV that's making me think it, but it, it seems to be they're heading towards maybe a six-man um, division as well, potentially, sometime in the future, with little groups they're putting together. Yeah. Um, um, there, there was rumours that the, the, they would be bringing in a, a trios title, but I think they've mm. actually gone for, uh, I don't want to say mid-card title, but they've gone for like a almost a TV title with uh, the TNT Championship, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's good as well because it also gets it gets more people on television. Mm. I mean, you look at say, just for argument's sake, like, using them as a quick example, you look at someone like say a Sheamus and a Cesaro. Now, both very talented, but weren't really doing anything. Kind of got lumped together as a tag team, and yeah. they were very very good together. And they had they had a good run. They had some you know some great matches and so on. Um, I think they could, you know, more gambles could potentially be taken like that if people aren't necessarily in an active storyline or active on television at that stage. Why not put them together and bolster the tag team's division up? I mean, it seems that they have quite a few tag team tag teams there, but yeah, I still view the division as quite weak in WWE. There's not much there. There's a lot there numbers-wise, maybe not a lot there in um, quality-wise, if, if I'm making sense there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it goes back to something that I've heard on the Wrestling Grapevine about Vince McMahon's uh, mentality towards tag team wrestling. It's, it's that why pay four people to do what two people can do? And right. that's that's kind of the, the reason why he's gone away from tag team wrestling, um, which is a shame because it's 
it's so much fun to watch tag team wrestling. Uh, so, yeah, for the last one, let's go with um, what's your opinions on women's wrestling and, or female wrestling? Um, I think it's suffered a little bit with Ronda Rousey no longer being active mm-hmm. over the last, what would it be, year or so. But the strides it's made in those previous few years has been incredible. Um, you go back, don't get me wrong, you know, teenage me, you know, was very, very fond of watching the likes of Stacey Keever <laughs> and Tori Wilson roll around. But it's, <laughs> when you've got women who are capable of putting on um, actual wrestling matches and sometimes wrestling matches, well, quite often wrestling matches that are of a better in-ring quality than some of the men's matches, then why, again, same as the tag team division, why can't it be utilised more? And the fact that they headlined Mania um, with their triple threat, I thought was the right decision. It was it was fantastic to see. Um, it, I just hope it can it, it can carry on at the same level it did when Ronda Rousey had the extra eyes on the product. It seems like maybe with Rousey there, they were all guns blazing. Now she's not been there. They maybe dropped off five ten percent again. Not gone back to the, the the state it was in decades ago, um, but it doesn't seem to be quite the same without Rousey being there as that maybe slightly special attraction potentially. Yeah, I, I totally understand. And um, for the amount of um, backlash Rousey got for for the, uh, towards the end of her, her run in WWE, um, I don't think she gets enough credit to for the amount of hours she put on on women's wrestling. And I certainly don't think that Becky would be in the position she's in now as as one of the faces of the company if it wasn't for that kind of a run that she had with with uh, Ronda Rousey. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, no, totally. It's, it's, it, I think it changed whether people are negative about her or, or, or they don't appreciate um, what she did, etc. Uh, I think... Um, Rousey's presence got, got so many eyes on the product. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a massive name. It's a big name world over. Um, it's she's she's synonymous with you know combat sports, and she's got a huge following online through her social media and so on. It's a big big name. Um, that's always going to be a positive for any company that can work with somebody with that kind of, uh, I suppose, uh, appeal outside of the wrestling bubble, so to speak. Yeah, and especially when uh, we're in a town when WWE are craving that kind of mainstream uh, attention. I mean, for instance, this upcoming WrestleMania, they've got uh, Rob, Gr- Rob Gronkowski, uh, who's going to be the, the the host, and they're always looking for that kind of crossover star, um, and I think Ronda Rousey was, was a prime example of that. Yeah, I mean... Oh, I've got no real idea who that Gronk fella is. <laughs> I, I think he, he played I, I, American I football. Him. I think. Yeah, yeah, I know that now. Like, I, I had to Google the fella. I don't really know. Uh, but then I, I know nothing about American football. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a, a perfect time to uh, say adieu. Wowie Watch is proud to be working with powerslam.tv. You can use our code mags to get yourself a 30-day free trial and watch up to 4,000 hours of quality independent wrestling content. Just make sure you sign up with your laptop, 
for the code to work and then after that you can download the Android app or the, the App Store app and watch this amazing content from powerslam.tv. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Let, let all the, the listeners of uh, Why Watch know where they can um, get hold of you, where they can uh, go and find uh, your work on pro wrestling stories. Yeah, sure. The site that I currently write for is, as, as you say, prowrestlingstories.com. Um, there's some brilliant authors who work for the site. Um, me personally, um, you can find me on Twitter at SJP Words. Uh, please check us a follow and hopefully you'll, be, you'll take a read of some of the articles I post and you'll enjoy them. Let me know. I'm, I'm always appreciative of any feedback. Yeah, absolutely. Go and, go and give uh, Sam a follow. Go and check out his work on uh, Pro Wrestling Stories. He's, he's super, super talented. I wish I was as good with words as, as this guy is. Um, yeah, no, um, thank you very much. Um, not a problem at all. And thank you for, for taking this time to, to spend with me and, and talk wrestling. I really, really do appreciate it. It's, uh, it's been an absolute honour. No, I've, I've had a great time. Thank you very much for having me on. It's, uh, I, was, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bit nervous. I've never done anything like this before, but no, it's been fantastic. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Oh, no, absolutely no problem. You're welcome back anytime. Uh, so, yeah, go and give uh, Simon a follow. Go and check out his content. You can follow me on Twitter if you if you so desire, at DJ Kirkby. You can follow the show at Wild Watch Pod. Uh, another massive thanks to Simon for taking what's been two almost two and a half hours of recording with this in Badlands. I really, really do appreciate it. Thank you all for listening, and uh, that is the end. Stupid guy! Master!